So, hello everybody. Thank you so much for inviting us here today. You know, it's so good to be on the same journey as everyone here. I so love being amongst kids' workers. I feel safe. I feel if it all goes wrong, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I, I'm just hoping you haven't brought any guns with you today, because uh, I don't really do guns, actually, which is a bit sad, isn't it? <laughs> I can see Karen, who uh, used to uh, be in our kids' work, She's talking about gunging me, making sure I get gunged some, at some point. You know, I'm really expectant about what God's going to do today. And you know what? You're not here by mistake. God knows that you're, you're here to receive from him today. And actually talking about guns, I'm just hoping we get gunged with the Holy Spirit today. How cool would that be? Somebody at the front thinks it's cool. So a little bit about me. Um, I'm Trevor, and I'm married to the lovely Janet, sitting on the front uh, row there. And we have three grown-up children. I became a Christian at the age of 14 within the children's ministry of the day, which in those days was the boys' brigade. And I've been continuously involved in some sort of children's ministry since I was in the children's ministry myself. And for the last 13 years, Janet and I have headed up the children's ministry at King's Church in Horsham, where we're backed up by an amazing team, some of whom have come with us today. Over the last, I'd say, 10 years particularly, we've been on a journey where our view and experience of children's work and children's ministry has been completely transformed. And we're still on that journey and just continue to be amazed at what God is doing. I myself mainly work in Megamix, which is our program for children in years one to six. One of the great things I love about Megamix as part of that we run a minibus from a local estate. Uh, so non-church children, and we run a club for them, at least Lorraine, who's here, runs a club for them during the week called Warriors. And that's such a privilege, such an honour to work, not just with the church kids, but with kids that come from a local estate. And over the years, we've seen them really get engaged in, in what we do. As you've also heard, I'm one of the founder members of something called Children Changing Nations. Uh, and we just love to take children out to pray in significant locations to declare God's blessing and favour over the nation. What could be more exciting as a kid than uh, going to the top of the Elizabeth Tower and standing by Big Ben and listening to it chime and then praying for revival over the nation? We do things like we've taken children up to the top, of, the top of the dome at St Paul's Cathedral and we've blown bubbles over the city of London to represent God's presence. Uh, and the children prayed that God's rule and reign would apply in the city of London as well. It, can't, 
you have to excuse me because I, I get carried away and I'm going to tell you a story now. Um, just three days after the children were at the top there, praying for God's rules for applying the city of London and blowing bubbles over, looking over the financial district, I think it was three days later that uh, there was a major scandal that had been uncovered came to light. This was the LIBOR scandal in London. And it's just great. You know, you think, well, the kids were praying for God's righteousness to apply in the city. And then it came out three days later. We stood on the Meridian Line and uh, declared uh, favour over the nations. We've been to the BBC. We've been to Lambeth Palace. You know, children can unlock doors that we can't sometimes. And just three or four weeks ago, uh, we were taking children around the Houses of Parliament. And uh, we stood in front of the, the children stood in front of the d dispatch boxes. And so I prayed, God, would your presence be in this, in this place? You know, a great thing we did, going off on another tangent here, the uh, children carried thank you cards to give out to the uh, police officers who were guarding Westminster Palace. So we went to the uh, main gates where everyone goes into the Houses of Parliament and the children gave thank you cards to the police to thank you for what they did. It's one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Uh, the, the atmosphere in that place was changed just like that. The police couldn't really... They didn't know what to say. They said, this is amazing. Nobody says thank you to us like this. We're going to put these up on our notice boards. Uh, even the guys with the machine guns who were stood further back, the police officer, the officers at the front took them to the back and, and, and gave them the thank you cards. It's just so good. Take your children out to pray. <laughs> That's all I can say. You can have a lot of fun. So what am I going to do today? What I'd like to do is to get you dreaming about your children's ministry and hopefully inspire you a little bit by telling you our journey with our, yes, ordinary kids' work and for all of us to capture God's heart for the children that we work with. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. So I'd like to start off by asking you uh, a question actually. There you go. If you could take your children's ministry to the next level, what would that look like? Maybe just ask you to close your eyes for a moment and just picture what you'd love to see in your kids' work. Maybe God's already given you a dream of what your kids' work looks like. Just ask you, just, just visualise that. I'm going to actually pray while you're doing that. Holy Spirit, just welcome you here. Just ask that you would give us new and fresh visions and dreams for our children, for our children's ministries, about what it could be like. I know you call us to dream big, God. I just pray you give us new, fresh visions. All those dreams that we have already, I just pray that you start to unlock them on this day. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay, so just hold, that, uh, just hold that picture in your mind. You know, some of the things I used to dream about 
were things like this. What would it look like to have 100% engagement from our kids, with all the kids engaged and all the children lost in worship? Oh, I, remember that, I can remember that dream. What would it look like to have our non-church children absolutely fully integrated with what we do and just feeling part of our ministry? What would it look like actually to have a supernatural kids' work? I remember dreaming that and thinking, God, is that actually possible? I'd heard that spoken about, but could we have a supernatural kids' work? I thought to start off with, we'd jump right to now, and I'd just tell you some of the things that have been going on right now, just in the last four weeks or so uh, with our kids. So recently, we've been away on our annual kids' weekend away with our primary age children. Uh, And we always expect to see God show up and do stuff at those times. But this year, we saw children encountering God quite profoundly. I don't know about you, but there just seems to be a season at the moment where God is doing things with children and he's speaking to them in dreams, in visions, in pictures. Wow. We had children who couldn't physically get up off the floor when they encountered God. Children just coming into the meeting and get, getting hit with wave upon wave of joy. Just, we had one guy just sitting on the floor and the Holy Spirit came on him and he couldn't get up. He was just laughing and shaking. We hadn't done anything. We had uh, children getting profound words of, uh, about their destiny and experiencing the very father heart of God. You know, at one point, one of our team members was being prayed for by our children and we do this quite often. Children will gather around one of our leaders or, or another adult, just put hands on and pray. And we may do that for two or three or five minutes. On this occasion, the children prayed for 45 minutes. They were kneeling. They were holding onto uh, this lady's hands. Some of them were weeping uh, over her. And what I realised is they were starting to experience, experiencing Father God's heart for that person. It, it was amazing to see. I've never seen anything uh, quite like it. During one of the meetings, one of our 10-year-old girls described how she could see fire across the ceiling in the meeting room and how she was seeing little flames come down and touch children in the room as Holy Spirit uh, came. You know, our children are getting more and more pictures, dreams and visions. One of our six-year-old boys gave testimony to the church about an encounter he had after the weekend. And he bravely came up on the stage and described having a vision. And he said, so you had a dream? He said, no, it's not a dream. I had a picture in my head at night. I could see it like a picture. So we asked him what he saw. Uh, and he said he saw a whirlwind of angels. And through the whirlwind of angels, he could see God. I said, so what did you do? He said, well, I reached up towards God, and my hands got really, really hot. Did you say anything? He said, yes. I told God that I was his friend. 
Wow. Don't you want your children to have encounters like that? Um, it's so amazing because this isn't something we taught this child. He just experienced that for himself. We had one girl who was not a Christian come along to the event and was powerfully touched by Holy Spirit. You could see Holy Spirit on her and you could see that she'd been touched. Well, during the following week, her friend led that child through a prayer of salvation. And that's what I love, when it's children leading other children. We didn't need to be involved. You know when Ben said, keep your hands off? Is that the word? Hands off? Get, away, get out of the way. That is so, I mean, that's so on it. That's so right. That's what we have been, I guess, learning to do. I was a bit cheeky last week. We had our year six children. Uh, and I said to them, I'm doing a conference next week. I sort of explained what a conference was. And I said, if you had to tell them something, what would you tell them? What should I tell the conference? So this is what they said. Joshua said, you've got to tell them that we're having encounters, lots of real encounters with God. That's what they need to know. Daniel, Daniel said, if they think adults receive more from God than children do, you can tell them that it's a lie. We get more encounters than they do. I was so proud of them because I hadn't put encounters in their mind. I hadn't been talking about encounters. That's just the stuff that came. Eva said, tell them that children can be the ones that are leading the worship and leading the actions. Get out of the way. So that's some of the things that have been happening right, right now. But what I want to do is just take you back and uh, tell you a little bit about our journey. Um, so some years ago, when I started doing full-time ministry, God gave me a significant picture, which I, I still hold on to today. Uh, and it was a greenhouse. And I saw myself in this huge greenhouse. And I was holding a watering can. And I was walking up and down the rows, you know, watering like this. You know, if it was like that, it was going to take a long time. But I was doing it. I knew that the sort of young plants represented the uh, children that we could impact and that we were ministering to. And as I was doing this in the picture, I heard God say, put down the watering can put down the watering can. So I put the watering can down. As I did that, enormous industrial sprinklers came on in the ceiling and watered the whole lot at once. And I heard God say, I will do the watering. You know, a greenhouse is a place where conditions are such to allow for optimal growth and nourishment. And I believe that it's our main role in children's ministry to create the environment or culture in that greenhouse that gives the opportunity for optimal growth in our children and where it's the Holy Spirit who comes and does the watering. It's not just about teaching stuff. It's about setting up our children for encounters and helping them to grow. So I said my thinking of kids' work has been transformed. So what do I mean by that? So I've made a huge shift in children's ministry. 
Because it used to be like this. It was, first, find a program. Do you know what, that's the question I get mo asked most, I'm sure you do as well. What material do you use? What are you using to teach from? So you get your program, that was the first thing. And then secondly, work out what is the best way of delivering that program. I've got my program, how do I deliver it? How am I gonna make this really cool? And then finally, deliver the program. And that was pretty much how I did kids' work. And what would have been a good result? Well, the children are happy. They love it. The parents are happy, probably because the children are happy. The church leaders are happy. And, you know, hopefully the children have learnt something along the way. And that's how I used to do it. When I look back, I realise this was very performance-orientated because it was all about me, it was all about the programme, and actually it was just method-based. But then someone came into our world and gently challenged what we were doing. And to cut a long story short, we have moved and changed to our kids' ministry being like this. Our kids' ministry has become about encountering God and seeing what Holy Spirit wants to do. You know, our, our events, our meetings have become, I'd say, a little bit more like a, a live event. Less about the programme, but seeing what God is doing in the moment and going with that. And do you know what? It's become a lot more fun and exciting. So what do I mean by that? Planning, yes, we, we meticulously plan a programme. We go with a programme, we have a programme that we use every Sunday, but we hold that programme lightly. In our Sunday meetings, we just try from the outset to tune in and hear what God wants to do. You know, we actually, we actually write our own uh, program, but I, I'm getting quite famous for, for doing this. So in our pre-meeting on a Sunday, I'll say, here is our program, but I'm holding the program lightly. Uh, and that's sometimes hard to do, particularly if you've written it yourself, because you know that's going to be great, and this is going to be great, and this sketch is going to be real fun, and that's a great worship song. I'm really looking forward to doing that, but we try and hold the program lightly. And very often, we don't get through it. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I went to my team and did the usual thing with the program and I said, sorry guys, that's gone because God spoke to me that night and said, that's not what I want to do tomorrow. This is, this is what I want to uh, speak to the kids. You know, we expect to see God moving in power and we encourage our children to be listening to him throughout the meeting. I find this hard to believe, but our kids have discovered that it's more fun and exciting to meet with God than it is to have exciting games. In fact, just at our weekend away, we had kids coming up to us. We had games planned, but we'd done our last meeting, and they were going, when's the next meeting? I said, well, we're doing games now. And oh, that's something I, I never dreamt we would see, but that, that's something that we, we have seen. It's so cool. 
That's not the right button, that's the right button, there we go. So that greenhouse, creating an environment where encountering God is normal, hearing from God is normal, and seeing the supernatural is normal. And it's the Holy Spirit that does the watering. Proverbs 22 and verse 6 says, Start children off in the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. And in the King James Version, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. This is actually probably my favourite verse relating to children. And I got to think, what is the difference between teaching and training? And here's the best answer I could find. Teaching is related to theoretical concepts, while training is the practical application of knowledge. It's my view that our children's ministry should be more about on-the-job training than it is about teaching. Learning through doing, experiencing and encountering Father God. We can actually teach children as much as we like, but I think what we owe them is a personal encounter with Father God. Because when they have that encounter, they are then hungry to learn. They're ready to learn. They're wanting to learn. So it's not just about being God smart. It's about being God connected. You know, one of our children just uh, again, two or three weeks ago, had a powerful encounter. And it happened while praying for one of the leaders. And shortly after, I, I bumped into him. And he was doing this. He was walking around again. I just found him outside. He was doing this. I've encountered God. I've encountered God. I've encountered God. I said, what, what happened? And he said, he said I, he's one of our most articulate and bright children. And he said, I thought... I knew everything there was to know about God. And then I encountered him. And now I feel I know hardly anything at all. It was such a joy to him. It was such a revelation to him. He knew all the stuff. He knew all the right stuff from the Bible. He was enthusiastic. But he'd never encountered for himself. And what had happened, we were praying for somebody, and he said, I was praying for them. And I just suddenly felt electricity going down through my hand into the person I was praying for. And I knew that God was moving powerfully through me. It has transformed him. You know, there's another important take on this verse brought by Spurgeon, of all people. Spurgeon said, Not that. Or that. Let's see if it's there. There we go. Train up a child in the way you should go, but be sure you go that way yourself. So good, isn't it? We can't lead children where we haven't been um, ourselves. Did you know children are powerful? You know, what I love is when they encounter Jesus, that's it, they get it. Their faith to see God move is amazing. No wonder Jesus said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Children don't need to unlearn stuff. Children don't have a junior Holy Spirit. 
But most importantly, children believe that what God said, he will do. God says something, they actually believe that he'll do it. We're not always that good at that one. Can I tell you a story? So uh, a friend of mine, he won't mind me telling you this story, and apologies if you've heard it before, but uh, he decided he, he would send his children out to pray for their city. And uh, this was a year or so back, <clears throat> and uh, they got the children together, and they were going to pray favour and blessing over their city, like we do with children changing nations. And he asked a group of boys where they'd like to go, and said, oh, we'll go to the football ground. So, okay, that's great. Uh, and another girl said, I'd really like to go to a, uh, a town square and to, to write in the chalk marks some declarations about God. So off they went and did this. The boys get to the football ground, and uh, it's quite a big ground, I understand. It was all shut up, so they're just going to march around and just pray for God's favour on the team, of course, God's favour on the club, uh, and also God's favour on the, on the city, that uh, God would change their city. I think they were just about to go, but they got to the end of the ground, and they noticed where the ambulances and stuff go in. It was open, and uh, they could see the pitch, and they thought, oh, Maybe we could just dare to step inside. So they just stepped inside uh, a little bit, just inside the ground. Uh, um, oh, this is great. They, they started praying. And the groundsman, it was open because the groundsmen were there, saw them praying and said, hey, oh, what are you doing? So they explained. And they said, oh, well, come in. And they got to stand alongside the pitch uh, and pray for favour. And then... The other girl had gone off and done this amazing stuff on the, in the chalk, on the, the chalk on the ground. Anyway, you know, what a great thing to do. Would be uh, just uh, another story, except that it was uh, in Leicester they were praying, uh, and they were playing in the Leicester City Football Club um, in the season that Leicester won the Premier League, which I think is in incredible. And I remember seeing the... I was watching them all season from that point and going, this is unbelievable. And I remember seeing the Daily Telegraph and the top third of it was uh, sort of cut off and it said, Leicester Miracle across the top. I said, what a declaration. Just imagine what it's done for those uh, kids going in and praying that and just seeing what God... Did. When they had the parade afterwards, strangely enough, the place they finished their celebration was over the place where the girl had done the chalk marks and declarations on the floor. And what I love about that story also is by the team being successful, actually the whole town it just brought joy and favour and blessing on that, uh, on that town. I'm going to say any more, but kids are, kids are powerful. I want it to be normal for them to know their identity, who they are, and whose they are, and to see the supernatural things of God. Pray for impossible situations and see God change them. At the very least, I want it to be normal for our kids to minister to each other and their families. I want it to be normal for them to pray out loud, to have freedom to bring testimony. How often do you get your kids up to bring testimony? It's such a good thing because it means God can do it again. And just for them to have the courage to go for it. 
Can I tell you, can I tell you another story? Another? So, I, I just love this story because, again, we were out of the way and not engaged by this, but I heard about this story uh, and, and was blown away by it. But some of our, this is some years ago now, uh, but some of our older children have been doing Listening to God. We've been doing quite a series on Listening to God uh, with our kids' work. And they were going on a school trip. And they decided that it would be a great idea if they took Bibles on the bus and they listened to God for children on the bus while they were going on the school trip. So they went all prepared to do this uh, and they got started with one child and it seemed to go okay. And apparently by the end they were queuing up down the bus the other children on the school trip to have words from God from these two children. I just love that because they took the initiative to do it, they did it themselves, uh, we were out of the way. But the reason I heard about that story is not from the children, they didn't, they didn't even bother to tell me. Um, I, heard, <laughs> I heard because a teacher on that bus told somebody that knows me who told me. And the reason the teacher told, was so uh, keen to tell someone was she knew all the children very well. And she was blown away by the accuracy of the words that these children were having for their, uh, their peers on the bus. I want to see more testimonies like that where the children go and do it for themselves. Just last uh, week, uh, Joshua from our kids' work, he'd been away on our kids' weekend away, and he felt God say to him that he needed to reach out more. So how is he going to do that? He said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up a club for Christians or for anybody, a Christian club in my school. So he went and spoke to the head teacher, got the approval of the head teacher, and at his first meeting just last week, he had 13 children turn up to do prayer and Bible study in his school. That's what we want to see, isn't it? Just get out of the way and let them, uh, let them do it. So I'm just going to say a few things about practically how how our journey's gone, and how we've, we've got there. I want to I state that uh, straight off that there is no model, there's no, there's no formula for doing this. And having said that, we do have a model, but we just have a model, <laughs> and it's only there to help me explain to you um, what we, how we do it. So that was a triangle you got a quick flash of earlier. And really, it's just saying that Everything we do is building towards facilitating encounters. And all these layers, all the things in those layers are really, really important to us. Uh, we haven't got time to go through them all, but we have a set of values. If you don't have a set of values, I'd really recommend that you get that because that just underpins everything that we do. And we refer back to those quite often. And these are not values just for Sunday, these are values that we use all week, even in planning and writing our material. Yeah, you can't write them down. You, you need to have your own values. <laughs> They're our values. <laughs> I know, but you're all following Ben, he says steal with pride, doesn't he, basically? Just take what you can. Um, that second one, 
their honour. This is a, a huge thing for us. And Lucy just uh, reminded me early, earlier, said, just talk about honour because it's made such an impact. So we talk about honour with our children all the time, almost every week. And we are always taking opportunities to revisit it. And what do I mean by honour? Well, for the children it means, and the leaders, we want the children to feel like royalty. Anyone who comes into our kids' work, we want them to feel like royalty. And we want to feel like, like while they're there, they're champions, they're special. And that means we, we use affirmation massively. We affirm them whenever we can. I mean, I've got a great example that's just popped into my head of affirmation. But I remember uh, my son Tim on the football p pitch and uh, the head teacher was the, uh, was the guy who was looking after the football team. And I remember him going, Tim, Tim, that's great. Oh, go Tim, go Tim, Kim, Tim. that's fantastic. Oh, good shot, Tim. That's like, Tim, you are amazing. You know, just built him up all the way through. But then I remember saying, Tim, there's just one thing. You see those two white posts at the end? The ball goes through the posts, all right, next time. But it was all about affirmation. Uh, and we, we talk a lot about finding the gold in each other, you know, finding the gold in those children. This has made such a big impact on us in two areas, in children engaging with what we do and discipline. Do you know, we have visitors come to our kids' ministry, and I wonder, I remember one guy coming, and he watched all the uh, things we were doing, and then afterwards, we, we have a feedback time, and uh, said, so what did you think? And he went, how do you do that? <laughs> what? He said, how do you get them to listen like that, and to engage? And sometimes we don't really realise it, because I'm thinking, oh, that was quite, they're a bit noisy this morning, or they were a bit... Um, disconnected but actually uh, because we're speaking about honour all the time and coming back to it our, our children have learnt actually about the greenhouse so going back to that greenhouse and that uh, culture even children that come in from outside quickly they don't have control of what we do they adapt to our, our culture and they start to learn what it is to be in our greenhouse Another thing I felt that was really important to say this morning particularly was uh, to talk about expectation. What are you expecting will happen in your kids' groups? Just a quick question. How many of you do a pre-meeting before, uh, before you actually run your ministry? Just a few. So... Another show of hands, how many of you uh, uh, worship at that pre-meeting? I'm impressed, so good. That's so good. You know, if we've, if we've learned something, anything, if we want to see God come, we talk about our, uh, we say to our kids, worship is the most important thing you're going to do today. Um, but actually, what if we haven't modelled that ourselves? Actually, if we haven't worshipped in our pre-meeting, we start to feel uncomfortable. In fact, I'm really uncomfortable going into our main ministry time if we haven't 
prayed, certainly, but actually worshipped. We want to we ask God's presence to be in that room. We want to give him the glory and the praise because it's not about us. It's about him. Uh, and that's something that's made a massive difference. But do you know why it also builds expectation? It builds expectation about what God is going to do. We pray for each other. It's an opportunity for me to throw the program away. What is God saying about this morning? Not what's our program saying, but what, what does God want to say? If we have time, we actually run through the sketches and the dramas and everything else. But actually our priority is to uh, ask God to be there and to be with us. The welcome there is a great place to build expectation. Um, we say to the kids, God is here. He really wants to meet with you today. We invite Holy Spirit. We know he's here, but we invite, it, invite him to be with us. We mention honour. And we encourage our children to be listening to him throughout the meeting because they often bring words and stuff into the, into the kids' meeting. Why not? Just like the adult meeting, just like we did this morning. It's no different. And permission, I'm not going to talk about that much, but actually we don't... The games are very important because they give us permission to do the rest of the stuff sometimes. So we don't compromise on the games because I see that as a permission for the, so the kid. We love, bless the kids, we give them a great time and that gives us the permission to, to teach them. But worship is, we say, the most important thing that we're going to do. And I think we've had this verse already today, have we not? I'm not going to read it. You can, you've seen that verse. But I used to wonder how we could really get all the children to engage in worship. Because we had the kids at the back, we had the kids kicking each other, and we still do sometimes. We're not perfect, we haven't made it there, we're just an ordinary kid's work. Um, but I had a dream, I had a picture, I saw God show me um, our kids' work. I could almost see it and look at it and see all the kids worshipping together. I thought, wouldn't that be incredible if that could happen? And we kept talking about the importance of worship, we kept prioritising it as a team and we were very deliberate about it. And then one Sunday, I was in our kids' worship, and I stood back and I observed that every child was not only worshipping, they were actually lost in worship. That, you know, I could be doing anything. They were all just giving themselves to uh, worshipping God. And that was a, an answer to that dream I'd had that I mentioned at the start. And it's probably one of the most exciting, powerful wonderful things that uh, I'd ever seen. And actually you could see it build. It built like a bit of a whirlwind in the room. God captured their hearts and we as leaders could stand aside. And when, they, when this happens, children start hearing from God for themselves. They had everything they need and they ran with it. I remember a uh, at that time, we had uh, some feedback from a parent who, that uh, her daughter, Annalise, had given her. And Annalise came home and said that there were some really special times with God today, but it was so good 
because everybody joined in the worship. You know, children are looking at other children. They're looking at what's going on in that greenhouse. What children see around them is so vital. It's the greenhouse. Are we modelling true worship to our children? And another thing, we had a revelation probably about a year ago where we used to say to our children, when, when you're worshipping, just worship on your own. It's between you and God. You don't want to be, as the Americans say, you don't want to be visiting your friends. It's just between you and him. It's an individual thing. Uh, and God really spoke to me and said, actually, you're a family. You're a team together. And it's not just about, it is us and God. But when we corporately worship, it's like worshipping as a team. And if everyone in the team is not uh, on side and worshipping, then you know, God probably feels disappointed about that. And that made a great impact on our, on our kids and the way they worship. I'm not going to say much about teaching program other than uh, what else we've got in there. Yeah, teaching. Keep it interactive. Again, when Ben was talking about getting out of the way, I woke him up. Uh, we had somebody come and visit our kids' work, and they said, they said that's amazing. I'd never seen anything like that before. And they, I said, what is it? Uh, and they said, well, you didn't really do any talking. You didn't teach anything. And it's because uh, we were being so interactive that the kids were starting to teach the story themselves because they're learning it at home. They know it, many of them know it. And the children could teach the children. We, again, could get out of the way. It's so linked in with what Ben was saying. And then we always have a response time and this is so how many people have a response time on a Sunday morning just a few I mean this is our top thing that we would do on Sunday if we don't do response then generally we feel like we haven't given the children a chance to respond to God and we haven't given Holy Spirit a chance to come and meet with them and for them to encounter God so we never allow this to fall off the end even if we're keeping the parents waiting outside uh, we don't drop it. We'll drop anything else, but we won't drop the response time. Anyway, you've heard a lot from me. I'd just like to introduce you to a couple of other ladies. I'd like to start by introducing you to Lucy, who's just quickly going to tell you what her experience has been of her journey. And then after that, we're going to hear a little bit about our early years. Is there a microphone? Yes. It's um, such a privilege to, um, to be here and also um, I just wanted to say to work with Trevor and Janet as well because I wanted to just very quickly tell you about um, my experience working alongside Trevor and Janet um, from whom I've learnt so much. Um, my background is teaching, like probably some of you here. Um, so I, by nature, um, love order. I love programs, I love order, I love planning. That's what I do. Um, I do it quite well, actually. Um, but um, over the years, goodness me, have I seen that being completely blown apart um, from working in, in Megamix. Um, 
I just wanted to, you know, I've been doing Mega Mix, I think, for about 14 years now. So I started with my plans and I started with that. And that was all lovely and it was all good. But I just wanted to describe a meeting that I led um, two weeks ago in Trevor and Janet's present, um, uh, not presents, they were away, they were on holiday. So I was leading the meeting and I just had a time to reflect actually on how far we had come. And I'd come personally in my journey as a, as a children's worker. Um, we were doing the... Um, story of name and servant and um, a great story um, but I'd only planned really till about sort of half half an hour before the end um, at which point I then said to the children okay we've got half an hour left it, it's now over to you um, and you know they really stepped up they really stepped up um, which was amazing we had the most amazing in fact we overran that morning um, because we couldn't fit everything into half an hour they didn't want to stop after half an hour we had um, one child started really by coming up and um, reciting a psalm which fitted perfectly um, in with all the, the discussion that we'd had on that story um, and that just blew apart the, the meeting and there was a queue of children just waiting to come and share what God um, had been saying to them um, as we worshipped, as we prayed. We had somebody from the church come in and, and, and just say to the children, I, I need healing, can you pray for me? Um, and the children brought words to, to that person as well. Um, it, was a, it was an amazing time and I just um, wanted to encourage you in dropping the, dropping the program when it's, when it's appropriate. Um, we'd had an amazing time just, you know, letting the children interact with each other about what the story was saying, um, and then they took over. They took over the meeting. We didn't actually have to do very much at all for the last um, half an hour. Um, and it reminded me, I was just praying this week um, about, about today, really, and just saw a picture of Solomon and his, his finery, his man-made finery, uh, all looking very beautiful and splendid, but actually standing beside a field of wild flowers where the true beauty is. And that's a, an ana analogy that Jesus um, made himself. But actually, uh, the man made, although helpful and beautiful in, in its own way, compared with what God brings and the, and the fruit that um, he brings in the wild flowers, um, it, it's nothing, nothing in comparison. Um, just a very quick testimony as well. I've got three children of my own. They're all in um, Trevor and Janet's Mega Mix. Um, I've got a 10-year-old, 9-year-old, and 5-year-old. Um, and, yeah, I'm just seeing them from a parent's, not just a children's worker's point of view, but from a parent's point of view, um, and seeing the difference that um, it's making to them, actually. Um, so um, one thing I've learned is never to discount anything that a child says. Um, to take everything with faith, take everything with faith because um, they have the most extraordinary experiences. Um, so for example, um, we were reading the story of Elijah one breakfast, um, over breakfast one morning, um, Elijah being taken up into, into heaven uh, in his chariot and um, Jacob, who's five, um, he said, I I've been in that chariot. And I said, I said, have you? And he said, yeah, yeah. He said, Jesus invited me into that chariot. Um, I've been in that chariot, and I've seen heaven from that chariot. Um, and I said, I said, wow, that's that's amazing. When did this happen? He couldn't, you know, it, it was it was it was almost so normal and natural for him. It wasn't an extraordinary. It was just a very natural thing for him to say. Um, I said, tell me about the chariot. He said, well, it's got fire that that doesn't ever burn. Um, so that was his experience, um, which was extraordinary, really. Um, 
and I just the other thing I suppose I've noticed in my children, they're all three of them encounter God in very different ways. There is no formula, there is no right or wrong way. Um, God meets them as He's made them in their personalities. Eva's very open. Um, she will lie on the floor for hours with God, just visions of of heaven, and um, and I can see how that really impacts her life. Grace, um, on the other hand, is very quiet. Um, and she's only recently, in fact, probably at Dale's down this year, said to me, um, she said, when I, when I cry, she said, is that the Holy Spirit? And I was just able to say, yeah, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And very quietly, he whispers to Grace in a, in a very different way um, from how Eva encounters. Um, but the old thing that they all share in common, just as I finish, the thing they all share in common is their identity. I know that um, they know who they are. And that makes a huge impact on, um, on their faith. And, and as they go to school each day, they know who they are in God. Their identity is so, so important. Um, and their encounters with God are absolutely vital um, for, for them to be able to go into school. And as a result, the fruit of that is both the, my girls have led their friends to Jesus, uh, one friend each actually in the last year, in the playground. Um, that's the fruit, and it's beginning to happen. Thanks, Lucy. Now, if you think of this is just for um, you know, our primary age children, everything you see here we're, we're doing with our preschool and our creche. So I'd like you to invite Sam up, who heads up our early years, just to say a little bit about what this means for the early years. Thank you. I'll just... Stand up, I've got too many things to hold because now I've been doing children's work for over 20 years. It must mean I need to wear glasses. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I took um, this role on about three years ago and from a work that had really been faithfully established and um, the early years in our church. And it was really like taking the baton on, really, and running, which was really exciting. And um, talking about stealing things from other people. At that time, we were at a conference and um, I heard um, someone speak. I think she was from Bethel and she was from Bethel the early years there. And she talked about from Psalm 139 about the verse that we all are so familiar with. Um, the verse that, you know, God knitted us together in our mother's womb. And she really unpacked that to help me help us all see and get the revelation that God was with each of us when we were in the womb being formed and that the, 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 our babies know the presence of God. And that really set us on a course in the early years to really make it really intentional about making our early years groups about hosting the presence of God. So these little ones can come each Sunday and come into the presence of God and that sense is kept alive for them so as they then come into Megamix or before that as they get verbal and they can explain to us a bit more what's going on it's easy for them they haven't got to relearn it as we sometimes have to do as grown-ups so I think um we take on everything as a team that Trevor has talked about. We take that into the early years. And um, I don't know about you, if you do early years, you know, it's all about snack time, isn't it? It's all, <laughs> when is snack time? And um, I think with the little ones, it's, um, it's really easy to fall into just children's 
you know, childcare. Mm -hmm. And um, we found that, um, you know, if you have a good morning, you've, you know, you've gotten to the toilet, you've had snack time, you've done a story and everyone's had fun. Everyone's happy. Parents are happy, children are happy. But we really wanted to pursue more of that. We wanted to pursue more of God in that. And um, we didn't want to fall just into children's work. And, um, or childcare, I should say. But we have had to be really intentional about that and really look for ways that we can um, really draw from that. So response time is really important. We will make that happen, you know, and, and snack time, but in also response time, and we're using counter stations that we're going to see more of later with the little ones. And um, really also, it just takes courage, though, doesn't it, to do that? takes courage to step out there with the little ones like that and it it takes courage to um, really as Trevor was saying about holding the program lightly you know I and this thing about letting getting out of the way is so big for us as well getting out of the way and letting God do it and there's been moments when we've been there and going going okay God I don't know what to do now I don't know what to do. I'm a bit stuck. But it's like, it's really good. It's a good time. But it's messy, isn't it? And there was one story where um, we had one of our team was stopping to have a baby. And um, I said to the children, oh, what's happening to Ali? You know, she's standing there eight and a half months pregnant. What's happening to Ali? Well, I don't know. Well, she hasn't eaten too many donuts. She's having a baby. And um, I said to Ali, how many sleeps is, you know, when's your baby coming? And she said, oh, the baby's coming. I can't remember the exact numbers, but she said, oh, the baby's coming in 10 sleeps. And this little boy bounced up and he was like, no, eight sleeps and there's two babies. And we're like, and two baby boys, I think he said. And we're like standing there going, well, and I said, God's really spoken to you, hasn't he? Yes, God's speaking to me. God's speaking to me. And... Um, and I knew that she wasn't having twins, but interestingly, his mum was. And so he kind of got caught up and got sort of two words into one. And, um, but he'd had, he had a word for Ali that her baby was coming in eight days. It was different to what um, she said anyway. And um, he was... Um, well, I was, I was really excited about that. I was like, oh, this is amazing. You know, the three-year-old's got a word of knowledge. This is really exciting. Actually, what came to happen was the baby wasn't born at that time that he'd prophesied. But, and I was really, I, I was a bit gutted. I was like, oh, God, that would have been so great if that had happened. <laughs> and um, I, what I really felt, though, that God's heart was that so pleased for us that we'd honoured it. You know, God, he, we'd noticed it and we'd honoured it. And it was like, God was like, that was what was important. You know, that whatever was going on with the timing, that we'd noticed that little boy hearing from God and we'd honoured that. And um, so, yeah, that was really exciting. And um, just also... Um, just about courage to just go off plan and in creche we've um, started a new creche song actually and the, the i saw it modeled in another church in belfast and we've really made it our own we've had to redo it and make it our own but the anointing on it is incredible and at one point i've had t like five or six one-year-olds just looking at me but what's next what's next you know and it's like just so exciting to see what God's doing as they come into his presence and I just wanted to finally just share a few um, testimonies just a few testimonies because you know with these little ones you don't get an awful lot of feedback do you so um, but we've got a great Facebook page where the parents can um, put on things and um, just wanted to share a few 
things that a few of the parents had said. Um, one mum said to her little daughter, Georgia Mayhem, why do we go to church each week, expecting her to say, because we do or because you take me? But she said, it's because Jesus loves us. And um, another little girl, Polly, was looking at her storybook Bible with her mum. And on the front cover is a picture of Jesus sitting on a rock with his disciples. And she said to her daughter, do you know who that is, Polly? And she said, yes, it's Jesus. He's talking to his friends. And um, she said to her daughter, does Jesus talk to you, Polly? And um, she said, yes. And he, he's, um, she asked him what God said to her. And she said, God loves me. And I'm just really excited by how... God is moving with the little ones and it continues to blow my mind it continues to stretch me it continues to push me out of my comfort zone but as a team it's just so exciting to see more of God so, so thank you, you.